0: How's everybody doing out there? Enjoying this warm winter we're having, everybody? I'm sure most of you are. Be honest with you, I'd like a little snow at this point. Haven't used my snowblower yet. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, my name is Mike Kane. I want to welcome you to Faith Living Church, and Pastor Ron asked me to fill in for him while he's away this week. Um, and we're going to continue our series on perfect peace. How many of you have been here for all three past weeks of the series? Have you enjoyed it? Have you put into practice some of the things you're learning? Well, I just want to tell you that I think that this series is one of the most important uh, teachings that, that we can have as believers, and especially as new Christians. I think there's nothing more important, and there's nothing that's a stronger evidence of Jesus in us than his peace in, in difficult times and remember it's not an external piece but it's an internal piece and the backdrop just kinda reminds us of that this backdrop shows this waterfall and, and there's kinda this rush of water going on and there's kinda chaos going on all around a little bird that's in a nest over in the corner here and that bird's asleep nice and calm and, and at rest while everything around them is in turmoil and trouble and chaos and isn't that how our lives are sometimes? But you know, God offers us perfect peace in the midst of the storms of life. So I wanna, I'm want to i going to, by way of reviews, um, kind of you know, review some of the, the scriptures that we've learned uh, the past few weeks because I think it's so important. If you're like me, I know a lot of times the first time I hear something or the first time I read something, I don't get it the first time. So, and I think this is so important that it's important to kind of reiterate some of the things we've already learned. So let's let's start with uh, looking in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, and verse 3. This is kind of our theme verse for the series. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, this is the prophet Isaiah, and he's addressing this to God. It says, you, that is God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in Powerball. Is that what it says? But is that in the news this week? It doesn't say that. It says all who trust in God, all who trust in you. But, but doesn't it seem like everybody is, is interested in the jackpot? What's the jackpot? What is it up to now? Like a billion dollars? Is that what it is? And, and did somebody win it? You know? But I heard so much about it at work. It's what everybody's talking about. I actually heard that there was a group of investors that got together and they purchased $140,000 of tickets in hopes of winning the jackpot. But, you know, the world searches for peace in a lot of different things. And Powerball, I think, is one of them. But it says, the, the word of Isaiah in chapter 26, verse 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace All who trust in you. That is trusting God. And that word, perfect peace, in the original text, in the the Hebrew, it actually means, you know what the word for peace is in Hebrew? Shalom. That's right. And it's shalom, shalom. It's actually, what it actually means is you will keep wholeness, completeness, health, Prosperity, safety in body, soul, and spirit. You know, it's not just the peace that, you know, tranquility that we think of as peace, but it's having wholeness, soundness, prosperity, health in our body, soul, and our spirit. And then it says, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Now, let me ask you a question. Are your thoughts always fixed on God? No. No. How do you think we keep our thoughts fixed on God? How do you think we do that? Reading his word. How about 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Anybody remember what that is? In the New Testament. It says, pray without ceasing. And I believe that praying, having an attitude of prayer, is the most important factor in keeping our thoughts fixed on God. Not that we're always audibly praying but that we always have a mindset of prayer about everything in our life. Not just the, when we get into a bind, but praying about everything. That's how we can keep our thoughts fixed on God. And in the Message Bible, it, says it that verse says it this way, Isaiah 26, 3. It says, People with their minds set on you, keep, you keep completely whole. And that, in the original, that mind... The mindset on you, what that means is intellectual framework or support structure. The strength of our mind keeps our mind strong. All they that th- keep their mindset on you, you keep completely whole. And that includes soundness of mind. And what does it say in the New Testament about soundness of mind? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And if you remember from from the past few weeks, there's a test to know if you determine if you have God's peace. What is that test to know if you have God's peace? Somebody said it. Sing. Remember that, right? When all this turmoil and all this trouble and all this chaos is going on around us, when we're in difficulty, can we sing or do we complain? It's only natural to complain, but it's supernatural to sing. And remember, peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of God in our life. It's not the absence of trouble. We're all, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. So that inward peace is our portion, our inheritance for those who trust in God. And look with me in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. And it says this. But he, and who's that referring to? That's Jesus. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our rebellion. And he was pierced. He was pierced in his hands. And he was pierced in his feet. And he was pierced in his side for our rebellion, our it was because of us, because of what we did. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. And in another version, that word for whole is peace, so we could have peace. Jesus was beaten. And if you remember, he was beaten with a whip called a cat of nine tails. And it had it was it was nine pieces of leather. And at the end of that leather, there was Sharp pieces of of bone and metal. And then on top of that, it was dipped in sheep's blood and then dipped again in broken pieces of pottery and glass so that when he was whipped and they pulled back, it it stuck to the flesh and pulled flesh. And and it said that he was beaten 39 times because every time they beat somebody 40 times, they died. They They couldn't take it. Jesus, this is talking about Jesus. He did this for you and for me. He was willing to go through that for our peace, for our wholeness. And remember, Jesus was our whipping boy. He was the one who took our place. He was the substitute for the the punishment that we deserve, but that we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to take it. But Jesus was our substitute, He was our whipping boy. And it, he did that. He was beaten so we could be whole. And if you remember the object lesson where Pastor Ron brought out, what did he bring out? Remember? Dozen donuts, right? Remember that? Don't worry, I don't have any donuts for you today. Okay? But there was donuts. And he said, you know, the, the donut, that donut, not the one with the hole in it, but the one that's filled, that's what Jesus did. And we sang about it. The, uh, the intro song. Jesus is the only one that can fill that void, that emptiness inside us. Look with me in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. That's right. God in all his fullness. Jesus was fully God and fully man. He had all the attributes of God and powers of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So God in all his fullness was pleased. He wasn't reluctant. It wasn't against his will. He wanted to because he loved us and he saw that we were lost. And if he didn't step in, we would be lost forever. So it pleased him. It pleased God to live in Christ. Verse 20. And through him, God reconciled. Everybody say reconciled. And what that word means is to bring back to a former state of harmony. You see, when when Adam and Eve sinned, that sin passed on to all everyone that was born. Everyone that's born. We're all infected with that sin. And not only that, it affected God's creation in that it, it became a fallen world. But because of what Jesus did, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself, he made peace with everything in heaven and earth. In other words, he made peace possible between holy God and sinful men. Now we can be brought together because of what Jesus did. He reconciled. He brought the former state, what was, what was once in harmony and was now separated. What, through what Jesus did, he, he brought harmony once again and he, brought us in, recon, he reconciled us back to God. And by, it says, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood. That was, the mean, that was the means with which he brought us back to harmony. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Remember in the Old Testament, they, they took a, a lamb, right? And they had to slaughter a lamb and they had to, to pour out its blood. And that was for the people. But it was only good until they did it again. It only covered them for a short time until they sinned again. But the Bible says the blood of Jesus washes away. It completely removes our sin. The blood of Jesus on the cross. How many of you remember that old hymn? And I, I, I remember singing it. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How many of you remember that song? Is that a good? Is that good? Is that good? I mean, God help me, I can't sing it for a lick, but you know what? I can make a joyful noise. And and I would belt that one out when we sang it because I knew it was true. It's the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Whole again. Perfect peace. Harmony. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And Romans 5.1, it says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, and that word made right... In another version, it's justified. It's, it's, it's a, what it means is, it's as if we have never, just as if we had never sinned. We're able to stand before a holy God and not be ashamed, as if sin didn't exist. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, how, how does it happen? By faith. Everybody say faith. faith. By faith in Jesus. Faith in the message about Jesus. Trusting Jesus as our Savior. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. And this peace is a gift. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Remember the analogy Pastor Ron used? He, he said, I got a, a $75,000 pickup truck out there, and some of you believed it, right? I do, I know I did. And I got, it's all the bells and whistles, and a, and a title and everything is in your name, it's bought, it's paid for, insured. All you got to do is take it. And, and that's what pe- this peace that God offers us. It's a gift. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus didn't—it didn't just cover our sin, but he removes our sin. Remember what John said, John the Baptist, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And look with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says this. Everybody say, don't. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Now, if you were honest, how many of you would say, I pray about everything? Awesome. Three hands, three hands. But the most of you are probably like me. And honestly, I can't say I pray about everything. But the Word of God tells us. Not to worry. Are we prone to worry? Is it easy to worry? You know, watch the news for two minutes. Right? Talk to your neighbors. Talk to anybody at work. It's usually a negative. Right? But it says don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He's done. So these four things, if we want to experience God's peace... Don't worry. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. And I want to encourage you. If you're not doing anything this Thursday, I'm going to make a plug, okay? We got this great series that we're starting on prayer. Okay, it's it's an eight-week study on prayer. And if if you don't normally come on Thursday, I want to encourage you, come out this Thursday because it's going to be a dynamic series. We are going to learn. We're going to go in-depth you know, we, after we saw that, who, how many of you here were uh, this past Thursday for uh, the movie, The War Room? That's, wasn't that a great movie? How many of you saw it? That was awesome. And, and you saw what happened in the life of this family when they began to pray. And when we start to pray and really tap in to, to the resources that are ours as an inheritance, because we believe in Jesus, it's amazing what happens when we pray. And verse 7 says this. Then if you do those things, don't worry. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. If you do these things, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Are there things that you don't understand? I don't understand computers. I use it, right? And I got to tell you a story. I mean, this, this past week, a couple weeks ago, my laptop at work, okay, it was um, slowing down. Uh, I couldn't get anything done. Uh, I, it, you know, it's about three years old and, you know, it's, they tell us that after every three or four years, you have to upgrade your, your uh, new computers. Uh, but anyway, I couldn't get anything done. It was very, very frustrating. But, you know, I didn't understand what was going on. And we called, uh, we called our, our IT uh, consultant and, they were able to, have you ever had somebody remotely work on your computer? It's kind of a weird thing. I mean, all of a sudden you're sitting there and you see all the, you know, the cursors moving. And you're like, how's that, how's that happening, you know? But within five minutes, a computer that I couldn't use was working perfectly and she wasn't even there to fix it. She did it from 10, 20 miles away in Hartford, wherever it was. But I don't understand it. But after that, I reaped the benefits of it because it was working awesome. It was, in fact, it was working better than it ever has before. So I don't understand it, but I, but I, but I realized through the experience that it's a good thing. And that's the same way it is with God's peace. We may not understand it. It exceeds anything we can understand. But it says, His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. And that word guard, remember, it's, it's like a military guard. It's like an armed guard. And the purpose of that guard is to, what that word means, is to prevent hostile invasion. So God's peace will guard our heart, prevent hostile invasion and our minds, but there's a condition it says, as you live in Christ Jesus. So it's not just hearing about it, it's doing what God's word says. And that's all about abiding in Christ. And if you don't have a daily time where you spend time in God's word and prayer, I want to encourage you to start one today because that's when we can abide in Christ. That's when we can learn to live as Jesus did because that's the, that's the condition for experiencing God's peace. And verse 8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and And lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And do you remember that object lesson that Pastor Ron had for that? It was a water filter. You remember that? And he brought this water filter. He says he carries this wherever he goes. And he can go, he can drive up right next to the road. And there's a muddy puddle. He can go right up to that. And through that water filter, he can filter out all the contaminants. And, and drink that pure water. And that's what this verse is teaching us, that all that we experience. Now, how do you think things get into our hearts and minds? How do they get in? Through our eyes and through our ears. And do you think there's things that, that would contaminate our heart that's out there? Do you think there's things that are on TV? Or that maybe that we listen to? Music? But here it says, whatever, fix your thoughts. That is, focus your thoughts on what is true and honorable. And that word honorable means valued and respected. And right and pure and lovely and admirable. And that means of good report. And speaking well of something or someone. Think about things that are excellent. And that's moral excellence or virtue. And things that are worthy of praise. But is it easy to do that? Is it easy to do that? It's not, is it? So, how much time do we spend listening to the radio, looking at our computer? Social media, right? We have all you know, all different types of what do we have? We have we have Facebook, we have Snapchatter, right? We have Twitter, Twitter, all these things, Instagram. All these things that, you know, compete for our attention. And all this, you know, all this external coming in. But it says, filter all those things by, what, by uh, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So those things might come in, but we need to filter them out, filter them out and not think about them. And then verse 9 says this, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. And so what do you think that means, putting into practice? Putting into practice. Being a doer, hearing God's word. What does it say? Don't be just hearing the word, but doers of the word also, right? It says that in James. It says keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Now remember, this is the Apostle Paul And he's addressing the Philippian church, but he's also speaking to you and me here. So there's a condition, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Paul didn't say, uh, do as I say not as I do. He practiced what he preached. And it says, if you do this, then the God of peace will be with you. And how many of you want the God of peace to be with you? In everything you do. I know I do. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. It says this. It says, my child. Now, how many of you have children? How many of you at one time in your life were a child? <laughs> really? That <laughs> was, was like half of the people. <laughs> okay, I think everybody was a child at one time. Now, do, do, does your kids, do your kids always listen to you? Did they listen to you some of the time? Most of the time? Did you always listen to your parents? It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Have you ever said that to somebody, pay attention? They said, I'm so poor, I can't pay. I can't even pay attention. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. To my words, is there consequences when we don't listen? Is there consequences for your kids if they don't listen? Well, let's look at this. This is an object lesson, this video. I want us to all look at this. This is an object lesson for all of us. Don't don't pull it. No, it's all right, it's all right. Alright, move your hands away. Get your hands away. Oh, gosh. Oh. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Move your hands and get your hands take, take away. Get your hands off. Oh. Andrew, get your head off. <laughs> I see your tongue? Oh, Ryan. Here, let's get here. Are you okay, Ryan? You know, it was going to happen one day. Where <laughs> what did Ryan do? You don't know? <laughs> Anybody recognize any of the characters in that film there? I think that happened at Page Park about three or four years ago. Have you ever done that? No. <laughs> Neither have I. And he was warned not to do that. He saw it in the, in the movie. What was that movie? The Christmas story, right? And he was just tempted. Just tempted. I got to see if it really works. I don't believe it. <laughs> but verse 21, look with me in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 21. It says, don't lose sight of them. That's God's word. Don't lose sight of them. How many of you ever lost sight of your Bible? Now, how many of you have ever lost sight of your smartphone? Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have the Bible app on your smartphone? Okay. Now, when you lose your smartphone, what happens? Everything stops, right? I have to find my phone. And I want to encourage you, there's so many tools available to us with this modern age. You know, we can put the whole Bible on our phone. And you would never lose sight of your phone and know that you can have the Bible on there. But it says, don't lose sight of them. We should read every day. And and I would encourage you not just to read, but listen to God's Word too. Sometimes you can listen to it and read it at the same time. But God's word says, don't lose sight of them. Don't lose sight of, of God's word, his words. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. So how does, how does God's word penetrate deep into our heart? By listening to it, by hearing it. Okay, not just here at church, not just here. This is, obviously, this is when we're talking about God's word, but you need to have your own time every day to listen and to read and to memorize God's word. Because our eyes and our ears are the gateway to our heart and our mind. And verse 22 says this. For they, that's God's word, they bring life to those who find them. How many of you want life? How many of you want want to be brought more life? It says they bring life. God's word brings life to those who find them. Sometimes it takes a little bit of seeking and searching to find out what the real meaning, just like, remember, perfect peace? We found that that means complete wholeness. And it's more than just tranquility. It says they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. And that word in the original Hebrew, what that means is it includes soundness of mind. And how many of you want soundness of mind in the world we live in? In verse 23, it says this, guard your heart above all else. Now, we guard a lot of things. We guard our homes. We guard our cars. But it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of our life. It determines the course of our life. It determines the direction of our life. So how do we guard our heart? How do we guard it? By using a filter. We filter what comes in and what goes through our eyes, and we filter what goes into it. That's how we guard it by Philippians 4, 8, and if, if you haven't, you know, we've talked about it so often, but Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, if you haven't memorized that, I would encourage you, get that into your heart. Memorize it. Memorize those things. Because that'll be a filter for what goes in our heart. Because remember, the byproduct of what goes through the filter, it's pure water. And we want anything that's pure to come into our life. you think Things that come into our heart can contaminate us. Can they make us sick? They can. They can. Look with me in Psalm one nineteen one sixty five. 165. It says this. Those who love your instructions have great peace. Do you love God's instructions? Or do you love Facebook? Or do you love a TV show? Or, or some computer app or some game that you play on the computer? How much time... And and I guess it's easy to say that, it's fair to say, that what you spend your most time on is what you love the most. So I would encourage you, if you say you love God's instructions, spend time in His Word. Because those who love your instructions have great peace. Everybody say, great peace. And that's abundant, overflowing peace. And they do not stumble. And that word in, the, in, in another version of the King James Bible says, nothing shall offend them. And it basically means nothing gets them upset. Those that love your instructions, they'll experience great peace and nothing gets them upset. Nothing gets them off track from being focused on what God wants to, us to do and, and hearing from God. If we love his, his instructions, that is his word, will experience great peace and we do not stumble. Nothing will get us upset. Proverbs 1 verse 33 says this, but all who listen to me will live in peace. And how many of you have listened to somebody but you're not really hearing what they're saying? Right? So this word, what it means is not just hearing what God's word says but making it Making it by choice, doing what it says. That is, obeying, hearkening, or consenting to what God's word says. It says, But all who listen to me, that is, consent, obey, hearken, will live in peace. And how many of you want to live in peace? I want to live in peace. Untroubled by fear of harm. Untroubled. Not panicked. Not disturbed by, by fear. We don't let fear rule our hearts. Because when fear is ruling our hearts, there's no faith. Because faith is the opposite of fear. So all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. How about Psalm 46? Anybody remember that? God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. We used to sing that. Because, you know, when you sing it, sometimes that's how it gets down into your heart, too. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And when we listen to him, when we do what he says, we will live in peace and we will be untroubled. We will not be fearful from the things that can harm us. So now that we know how to obtain peace and we know how to get more peace, let's look at what God's word says about our responsibility to share that peace that we have received. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 3. It says this in verse 8. It says, finally. Now, this is kind of the end of Peter's first epistle, his first letter. And and before this, he was addressing wives specifically and husbands specifically. And he was also addressing servants specifically. But he says, finally, all of you, meaning all Christians, all believers should be of one mind. And what that means is having a unity of purpose, understanding what our purpose is as a, as a body of believers, as a body of Christ. It is to advance God's kingdom. It is to glorify God. And we, we, having that unity of purpose. It doesn't mean we can, have, we can have a difference of opinion. You know, you might be a fan of the New York Giants. And I'm a, I'm a fan of the New England Patriots. And see, my my team's still playing, (laughs) but your team isn't. So we can have a difference of opinion, okay? But that doesn't doesn't stop us from being united in our purpose. United in our purpose. It says, finally, all of you should be of one mind, united in purpose. It says, sympathize with each other. And what that means simply is to suffer with, to have compassion. Um, You know, modern vernacular would call it, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Being sympathetic, sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers. And that word in the original Greek is is philadelphos. What does that sound like? Philadelphia, right? Which is the city of brotherly love. It says love each other. That's brotherly love. Love each other as brothers and sisters. And it says be tenderhearted. Now that's being sensitive, caring, compassionate. Not callous not uncaring, insensitive, but it says be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Not proud, not boastful, not thinking we're anything important. And I'll tell you one thing, I, I can, if, you, if you're taking notes, I would write this down. I would encourage you to um, memorize, if you can't memorize, at least a few verses of Isaiah 53. Write that down, Isaiah 53. We read a verse earlier. Because if you read that, and you memorize that, I guarantee it'll keep you having a humble attitude when you realize the price that was paid. And I don't think there's any more important portion of Scripture than Isaiah 53 to, to keep us close to the Lord, to keep us never wanting to go back to our life of sin. So it says keep a humble attitude, memorize or at least a few verses of Isaiah 53, and it'll keep you humble. And verse 9 says this, don't repay evil for evil. It says don't repay evil for evil, but isn't it tempting? Have you ever been on 84 through Waterbury, through Fresh Hour? (laughs) Whew, man. You know, I do it all the time. And it's tempting, I have to admit. Somebody cuts you off, you want to cut them off. But it says, don't repay evil for evil. See, that's supernatural. That's God enablement. That's not, in our own strength, we couldn't do that. We want to give it back just like we get it. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Have you ever been insulted? (laughs) Amen, amen, right? Amen? It says don't retaliate. Have you ever heard somebody and, and so, you know, you're hearing about somebody else say, oh, they give it as good as they get it, right? They give it back as good as they get it. Well, as believers, the Word of God tells us right here, don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. It says instead, pay them back with a blessing. What? Pay them back with a blessing. Now, how do you think you can pay somebody back with a blessing? Do something kind. Pray for them. I think that's the most important thing. We should pray. Whenever somebody insults us or does evil to us, we need to pray. That's where that praying, always praying without ceasing, pray without, you know, pray, uh, never stop praying, that's where that is important, that scripture. We can pray for them. That's how we can give them a blessing. Because that is what God has called you to do. Remember, Jesus said, come and follow me. And these are some of the same things that Jesus taught in the sermon, in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, that is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. How many of you want God's blessings in your life? He will grant you his blessings, and what that word means is to cause to prosper, to make happy. Verse 10 says this, for the scriptures say, and now this is Peter, and he's quoting from the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, you can, if you're taking notes, you can write this reference down, Psalms chapter 34, verses 12 through 16, it says, For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life, do you want to enjoy life? And see many happy days. Do you want to see happy days? Or sad days? We want to see happy days. We want to enjoy life. It says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil. Now, what do you think speaking evil would include? How about gossip? Gossip, backbiting, criticism, bad-mouthing, I mean, that's, that's kind of the modern vernacular, B- bad-mouthing people. I w- if you're taking notes, I want you to write down these, these scripture references. They're not up on the screen, but I want you to write these down. Psalm 1914, Ephesians 429, and James 119. And I'm going to give you a challenge besides the weekly challenge. This is another challenge. I will. Psalm 1914, Ephesians 4:29, and James 119. And all of those scriptures talk about being careful what we say, taming our tongue, being quick to hear, slow to speak. And I would encourage you this week as as an extra challenge, write those verses down on an index card and commit them to memory. Because it says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, the first thing is keep your tongue from speaking evil. Speaking evil is slander, backbiting, gossip, bad-mouthing. And your lips from telling lies. And I'm just going to say it. I'm I'm not going to make no apologies for saying this, but if you're telling lies, if you're in the habit of telling lies, you are in partnership with the father of lies. Okay? Because the devil, Satan, who's the father of lies, he's the deceiver. When we're lying, We are partnering with him in his work, okay? So I make no apologies for saying that. And when we speak the truth, we make the devil ashamed. We make the devil ashamed. So speak the truth. Keep your lips from telling lies. And verse 11 says this, turn away from evil. It's it's like repentance, turning away, an about face, 180 degrees. It is to shun it, to avoid it, to hate it, and to stay away from it deliberately. Turn away from evil and do good. Do good. Are there not a million needs around us that we can do good? Are there not people in need around us every day that we can? There's always something that we can do to meet human need. And then it says search for peace. So how do we search for peace? How do we search for peace? Let me give you a few suggestions, okay? Avoid confrontation. Is it always easy to avoid confrontation? It's not. You don't always, you and I don't always have to win an argument. You ever known somebody that they have to get the last word in? Don't look across the aisle, okay? but they have to get the last word in. They have to win that argument. Don't we, don't always, it's not necessary to always win an argument. And back off, avoid the temptation to argue. But remember this, to do this, that's, that's supernatural. That's not our own strength. That's God's enablement to, to be able to do this. Turn away from evil, do good, search for peace, and then work to maintain it. Work to maintain it, make it a priority in our lives. In 1 Peter, in that same verse, verse 11, 1 Peter 3.11 in the Message Bible, it says it this way. Snub evil and cultivate good. And and what I picture there is like a garden. And if you had weeds that are, are growing up, you're snubbing them, you're cutting them short. But the good, you know, the peas and the corns and the peppers and all the good stuff, tomatoes, you're cultivating, you're causing it to increase. So it says, in the Message Bible, verse 11 says, snub evil, pull out, pull out anything that's not good, avoid it, hate it, and cultivate good. Cause it to increase. And then it says, run after peace for all your worth. Now, when was the last time you ran for something for all your worth? It's a long time ago for me. I have to admit. But, but do you remember that? How about you kids? Any kids in here? Any kids? How about anybody under here, under, under 20? Okay. How about in a race, anybody in track, anybody in cross country? Have you ever run after something for all your worth? You put all your effort into it. My son, Alex, I, 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 he was in track when he was in high school. And, and you know, it was a beautiful thing to see because, now I admit, he didn't always finish first, but I'll tell you one thing, he gave it all his worth when he was running. And it was a beautiful thing to see. And, And the Bible teaches us here, run after peace. Search for peace for all your worth. Give it your most effort. And verse 12 says this, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. And what this verse is telling us is live knowing that God sees you and pray knowing that God hears you. Pray knowing God hears you. Pray with faith. And it says, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. And what that simply means is he cannot favor anyone who do, does evil. It doesn't mean that he won't listen to someone who's in repentance and turns from that sin. But he cannot favor those who do evil. And look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. It says this, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Now, we just heard in 1 Peter that we should run after peace for all we're worth. And 2 Timothy tells us to run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Now, what do you think are some things that stimulate youthful lust? You know, maybe magazines, you know, things that we see. And, and this, I, I, I researched this, I studied this. And the youthful lust, it's not just illicit, because all of us think of sexual desire, illicit sexual desire first. But it's not just illicit sexual desire. It's also desire for wealth and power, jealousy, self-assertiveness, and an argumentative spirit. And what are all these things based on? They're based on pride, our pride. So it says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue, and pursue, that word there, it's like a, a wild, like a lion or a cheetah pursuing its prey. And they do it with intensity. It says, pursue righteous living, and that's living that's acceptable before God. Faithfulness, And what faithfulness means is having the character of someone who can be relied upon. Love, and that's brotherly love, and peace. It says pursue righteous living, these four things, righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. And you should know that when we have peace with God, it makes it possible to have peace with others. It's a natural consequence of having peace with God is having peace with others. And then it says, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. It says, enjoy the companionship, enjoy the fellowship, enjoy the friendship. How many of you have Christian friends? A couple of you. Okay. I have a couple too. And I enjoy their fellowship. I enjoy their companionship. Because they went through the same experience I did. And we call the same Lord, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It says, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Romans chapter 12 and verse 17 says this. Never pay back evil with more evil. Here we go again. Never pay back evil with more evil. But it's tempting. How many of you admit there's been a time or two where it's been tempting to get revenge? It is. It's our sinful nature battling. Our old sinful nature says never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. And what that mer- word means is honest, transparent, respected. We do things, we don't try and hide anything in our lives. We live transparently. Do things in such a way that everyone can see. Everyone can see you are honorable. And verse 18 says this. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Is it always easy to live in peace with everyone? It's not, is it? Even in the church, it's not always easy to live at peace with everyone. That's why we need God's strength. That's where we need to tap into God's resources. Because that's really supernatural to be able to do that. Do all that you can And would you admit that we don't always do all that we can to be at peace with one another? We don't make it always a priority? Do all that we can to live in peace with everyone. Verse 19, dear friends, never take revenge. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. And not making it a choice not to take revenge, is a matter of trust in God. It's an element of our trust in God. That when somebody hurts us, when somebody insults us, when somebody cuts us off on 84, it's so tempting to want to get them back and want to get revenge because we want want our voice to be heard. We want our point to be made. But the scripture tells us Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And Romans chapter 8, look with me in, in verse 5. It says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleased the spirit. So there's a choice that we have to make. What are we going to be controlled by? And how many of you know? As soon as you come to, as soon as you came to the Lord, you never had another sinful thought. You never had another sinful desire. It all was roses and wonderful, right? But that's not how it is. That that sinful nature still battles for control, and, and somebody, you know. Um, Explain it to me one time like this. As if there's a, there's a, there's a dog fight inside of us. Okay? And, and one dog is our old sinful nature, and, and the other dog is our new nature, controlled by the Holy Spirit. And do you know who the one who wins the fight is? The one you feed the most. The one you feed the most. It says, so, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. How many of you want to be led to death? Okay, nobody wants to be led to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Wouldn't you rather be led to life and peace? So, letting the Holy Spirit control your mind. And that word let, what that means is permit, allow. Okay, we learned about that past couple of weeks. Let the Holy Spirit control you. And that when we do that, we, we surrender control. we surrender to the Holy Spirit. We surrender to God, allow the Holy Spirit to control us. It says, "But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And remember, peace with God happens from accepting Jesus Christ as Lord. But the peace of God, we experience the peace of God when we surrender to Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life. And the last scripture I want to look at is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Now, who are our leaders in the Lord's work? Pastor Ron, Pastor Susan, right? Pastor Joe, Pastor John, Pastor Betty. This church, if you call this church your home, these are our leaders in the Lord's work. And it says honor those. How do you think? How can we honor them? What's the what do you think the most important thing we can do to honor them? Pray for them. And as an added challenge, if you're taking notes, even if you're not, as an added challenge, I want you to pray. If you're not, how many of you pray regularly for Pastor Ron and Susan? Literally, that was like six hands. Okay, and and I know there's probably more, but I would would to God it was the whole congregation here. We need to pray for them daily, regularly. Remember them when you're, when you're praying. It says, dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you. And how many of you know, Pastor Ron and Susan, they work awful hard. And along with all the staff here at Faith Living Church, Pastor Joe, Pastor Susan, Pastor Judah, he's part of our extended family. Sue, yes, thank God, I'm part of the, I'm part of, the, you can pray for me too. I'll take all the help I can get. I really will. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Yes, they do. This, this, I'm telling you, folks, this series on perfect peace, this is good stuff. This is stuff you can live on, you can, you can survive on. And if you, if you haven't done it, I would encourage you, go to faithlivingchurch.com and go to the link where it says Watch On Demand, and you'll see this, this is the current series. And I would encourage you take time to review parts one, part two, and part three because I, when I did it, there was so much that I missed after only seeing it the first time. It's, isn't it amazing? Isn't it the, you know the first time you you hear something, you don't always get it. But I want to encourage you. They they are pastors. Show them it says show them great respect because they work hard among you. And give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And then it says, and live peacefully with each other. This is something we can do to honor them, by the way. As as we live peacefully, as we learn to apply these principles, now that we've received God's peace, as we learn to share it with each other, that can actually make... Their burden, as, as the under shepherd, as, as the spiritual leaders, can make their burden easier. Did you know that? It says, live peacefully with each other. Is it always easy? Is it, In our flesh, is it easy to live peacefully? No, we need God's help. We need God's enablement to live peacefully with each other. So as we experience God's peace, we know how to obtain it, we know how to get more of it, and now we've learned how to share it we will be better able to live peacefully because that's ultimately, that is God's plan for our lives. So let's pray together now. I want to ask you to join me right now. Let's just pray together. Bow your heads with me. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for this series. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for your perfect peace, your complete wholeness that you offer to us as a gift And, Father, help us to access, to enter into that perfect peace, to realize that peace in our lives. When all the the chaos and the turmoil and the trouble and tribulation is going on around us, help us to tap into your peace, to experience your peace, because it's going to be, that's going to be our testimony. That's going to be the evidence of the reality of Jesus Christ in our lives to to a, a, a lost world. And so, Father, I pray, not only as we receive your peace, help us to share it with each other, Lord. Help us to live peacefully. Help us to do these things that are not natural, not taking revenge, not retaliating. They're not natural. We need your strength. We need your enablement to do these things, Lord. So I pray this week that we would put into practice what we've learned And that we would pray for those that are spiritual leaders that that look after us and, and give us spiritual guidance. Pastor Ron and Susan and all the pastors and staff here at Faith Living Church help us to honor them by praying for them this week. Now I'm going to ask you to pray with me now. We're going to reaffirm our faith. And I'm just going to also ask if there's anyone here that you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you've never personally received him into your life, We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus, not by our works, not by anything we've done. As we we heard about in Isaiah 53, the the price that was paid, Jesus paid an awful price so that we could be whole, so that we could be saved. And it's it's available if we'll just receive it by faith. So I'm going to ask you all to pray with me now. And those of you that want to receive Jesus, pray with us right now and give your life to him. Heavenly Father, I know that you love me. I know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. I believe that he shed his blood as payment for my sin. And I believe that he's risen again. He rose again on the third day. And he's alive forevermore. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And by faith, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior and my King. Take control of my life. Let the Holy Spirit control my life. So I can show your peace to the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And those of you that have prayed that prayer for the first time, don't go anywhere. we got a gift for you in the back. There's a bag with a Bible and a video and some other things to inspire you. And those of you that are also here for the first time, I want to encourage you, also stop back at the Connections desk. There's a gift for you saying thanks for being here. We want you to come back. And don't leave. we got our weekly challenge. Everybody raise your weekly challenge card. Look at it with me. The weekly challenge this week. See what happens when you stick your tongue to a pole. (laughs) See if it hurts. See if it works. No, it doesn't say that. Share God's peace with someone this week by praying with them, forgiving them, asking forgiveness from them, or giving blessings to them. And remember, that's supernatural. We're going to have to tap into God's strength to be able to do that. But I want to encourage you, do that this week. Pray for Pastor Ron and Susan. Make it a point to pray for them as a habit, each of you this week. And greet somebody before you leave. Shake their hand. Give them a hug. Everybody, God bless you. Enjoy your week. You are dismissed.